You're listening to Wayfind Marketing Live, a podcast about navigating business and making marketing easier. Here's your host, Wayfind Marketing founder and president, Steve Phipps. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Wayfind Marketing Live, where we have made it our goal and our mission to make marketing easier. We know it's hard. There's a lot of moving pieces, and especially with the landscape that we're living in right now, uh, a lot of uncertainty <clears throat> it makes marketing your business even more challenging. So we're, we're here to make that easier for you. I'm Steve Phipps, and I am the president of Wayfind Marketing, and I'm here with my co-host, Annie Laurie Walters. Hello. And Annie Laurie is uh, <clears throat> a key part of our team. She works with us on content and strategy and uh, just a great person to, to have on our team. Oh, thanks, and man. So, <laughs> well, you know, over the last few weeks, we're, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is strategy. And Anne-Laura, you've been on the team for about four years now. And as you know, this is really a cornerstone for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. I think that we always start with first strategy every time. And that is where we see a lot of people who are experiencing frustration is because they are launching forward without strategy. So I'm really excited about all the wonderful things that we're going to unpack today. Um, so why don't we just like jump right in? Because I know we have a whole lot to cover. Last week, we were talking about the buyer's journey and the different stages people go through before they're ready to buy time and timing. Um, this week, we are going to shift towards laying that foundation for tactics. So um, I know that, that you want to give us a brief overview before getting into all the details. So why don't you go ahead and give us that overview now? Absolutely. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll also mention that as we go through this, this is the this is a multi-part series, and this is the third in this series talking about how to create a one-page marketing roadmap. And so, if you've missed any of the previous shows, you can go to our our website wayfindmarketing.com. You can find our past episodes there. You can find us on uh, podcasts, so Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find a podcast. So, if you want to catch up, those episodes are out there. And so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. So for our listeners, uh, again, I'll, I'll walk through this. Now, the first thing I want to do is, is we've been talking about strategy and, and really the essence of a strategy, or as we call it a roadmap, is having a plan for how you're going to market your business, because otherwise you're just throwing money and time uh, out the window. And we want to save you that frustration. So the first thing is, what is marketing? And everybody has their own kind of interpretation of what that is. But just to get us on the same page, we talk about marketing. It's the sustained use of words, pictures, and media in various activities to reach, influence, and communicate to a defined audience to encourage them to do business with you. Effective marketing builds trust and credibility and helps clients make the best choice. Now, <clears throat> I share this because this covers a lot of different things. It's using words, it's using imagery, it's using different channels and activities to reach a defined audience. We're gonna talk about that more today. Now, <clears throat> a couple of other just really quick things. 
we boil marketing down to answering three questions. Now, other questions come out of this, but what can I do to market my business? So this tactics, what do I say that's your messaging? And then how do I do it? And that's process and execution. <clears throat> and these are really key fundamentals for implementing and executing a marketing plan that that's going to grow your business. And that's the whole point of it. If it's not growing your business, then why do it? Now, a key thing, we talk about this a lot, is you need to be the guide in, in, in the context of the story, the marketing story that your customers are living in. You want to guide them to success. And so you're not the hero of the story. You're the guide. You're the one that helps them succeed. Now, last week, we, we talked about the stages that customers go through. When people, one of the, one of the most important things to account for is the process that people go to buy your product and service. And when you're conscious of that, the stages that they go through, the questions that they ask, where are they getting information? <clears throat> then it becomes easier to market to them effectively because you know the process that they're going through. We talked about timing, how sometimes it's, you've got to catch people at the right moment. They're not always ready to buy your product or service. So timing is important. And then time is important because it takes time to build trust and credibility. And that's where effective marketing done consistently over the course of time can help establish your, your credibility, your authority, and build trust in the mind of your customers and prospects. So <clears throat> those become tremendously important for what we're gonna talk about. And we're gonna talk about the one page marketing roadmap. We're gonna unpack this over the course of the next few weeks. And I'll make mention that on Tuesday, July 21st at 9 a.m., we will be doing a workshop. This will be an online workshop where I will walk you through this process in detail on how to create a one-page marketing plan for your business. We have a workbook that we've put together uh, and it will give you what you need, gives you a framework, gives you a process for marketing your business. And so this is a snapshot of, of that one-page marketing roadmap. <clears throat> now, this gets us up to today. And this is going to be the first part. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the different sections of this, this one-page roadmap. Uh, and, and we're going to jump in here. So we talk about audience. I think a lot of times we think we know our audience, but we're not thoroughly thinking through like, who is my customer? What questions are they asking? What types of things are they typing into Google when they're searching? And so uh, writing this out and really thoroughly defining personas is the first step in this process. Can you just start off with that and give us some tips on how to do that effectively? Yes, absolutely. Now, everything we're talking about today is, is the foundation. These are the things it's, and I'm, I'm wearing my shirt, it says base camp on it. And I'm wearing this shirt specifically because if you think about a base camp for a backpacking trip or some sort of an expedition, base camp is where you go back to uh, get more supplies. That's where you can go back and recalibrate your, recalibrate your plan uh, if you've got to make adjustments. And so <clears throat> the things that we're talking about today, this is really your base camp, your foundation. And, and the first thing is who is your customer? And, and Annie, Laura, you're absolutely right that we've got to have a clear definition. Now, I, I've worked with hundreds of business owners, and a lot of times what I hear is, well, I know who my customer is. And usually that definition of who the ideal customer is 
sometimes it's really fuzzy because there's not clarity. Right. Uh, other times there is some clarity, but if, if it's not written down, then it's still not clear because mm -hmm. there are details that you're most likely going to miss. So absolutely. And what we hear in, in this little box is who's your primary customer? And that's thinking about what are their demographics? Like who, how do you describe your customer? What's their age range? Do you cater to men or women? Is, is it both? Is it, you know, where, who is it you're targeting? Because that directly affects how you reach them. Mm -hmm. um, what's their job title? You know, we do a lot of work with, with B2B and service-based companies. Mm -hmm. So where do they work? What's their job title? What does a day in their life look like? Where are they getting information as it relates to your services? Mm -hmm. If they're trying to find a solution to solve a problem, how are they searching for that information? Are they going to their friends? Are they searching online? If they are searching online, like you just mentioned a minute ago, what are the phrases and terms that they're searching for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's where I'll make a quick point too, back to the stages, the, the different stages of the, of the buyer's journey. If they're in that initial stage of curiosity, they're asking different questions there than when they're at the next stage of enlightenment where they're, they're getting more detailed yeah. uh, information. So <clears throat> it's, it's absolutely important to know those things. So how, how many personas, is there a magic number or are they, can you have too many? Is one enough? Does it depend on what you, what you're selling? Yeah, it, it absolutely depends. Uh, the goal there is <clears throat> create a description of groups of customers. Uh, so for instance, uh, <clears throat> we have, a, uh, we've worked with clients who are serving fortune 500 companies uh, and in some cases, they might be serving someone in the C-suite. So a CMO, a CIO, CTO. Uh, in other cases, they're reaching to somebody in mid-management. And those are going to be two distinct roles, two distinct personas. And, and persona is the term that we use. Some people will use the term avatar to describe who that customer is. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, you might have one persona who is, say, the CIO. Uh, then you have another one who is the, uh, the director or the manager of IT. And it's important to know the distinctives because the responsibilities and expectations of the CIO are going to be different than they are for uh, the director or the manager of IT. Mm -hmm. uh, and in some cases, you have different personas because depending on what the buying process looks like, if, in particular for higher dollar services, it could be that you have multiple people involved in the buying process. If it's a decision by a committee or, uh, you know, if, if other people are being consulted, it's, it's understanding who's involved in that process. What are their roles? And if you take even in um, you know, a family scenario, uh, it could be that uh, the wife is uh, doing a lot of the research and maybe gets feedback from her husband, but ultimately she's the decision decision maker. Uh, so in that particular case, the husband would be a persona as an influencer, but the wife is the decision maker. So, yeah, it's, that's really helpful. So, uh, what about updating these personas? Are, are is there ever an appropriate time to update or change or revisit, or is this sort of a one and done exercise? I think this is something that's going to be updated less frequently than other parts of the strategy, because really your, your customer, once you have a good description 
of who your customer is, what's motivating them, what are their problem and pain points, that's not going to shift significantly unless you're introducing a new product or a new service. Um, or in some cases, if there is a pretty significant shift in the marketplace that is now changing roles, you know, that's not going to adjust. You're not going to have to adjust that uh, with a lot of frequency. It's, it's good to go back, reference it. Maybe details might change. Maybe where they're going to get information might change. Right. But the overall description is going to stay pretty static once you've you've nailed it down. Okay, great. So once we do nail down these personas or these avatars, what's the next step? So at that point, what we want to do is we want to start thinking about what are your goals? And the reason I like to start with customers first is because that gives you an idea of who you're aiming for. What are the products and services that you're offering? And it's also worth noting if, if you offer different products or different services or groups of products and services, maybe you serve people by industry or however you, you serve, whatever your business model looks like, you might have different personas for different product lines, different service lines. So that's another thing that will affect that. And so the next step is you think about what are your goals? Uh, so you know who you're trying to reach. But now I like to think about goals in a couple of different ways. I like to think about goals in the short term. 90 days. What is it you're trying to do? What, what measurable outcome are you trying to achieve in the next 90 days? Uh, and that could be you're trying to get a certain number of emails on an email subscriber list. It could be that you're trying to generate, you know, 25 new clients and that's going to result in a certain amount of revenue. You want something tangible, you want something measurable, and you want something that, and the reason I like 90 days is because it's, it's long enough that you can have impact typically on that goal. And it's not so far away that it doesn't feel urgent because when we just set annual goals, well, that's 12 months away. So that mm -hmm. doesn't always create a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. And so that mindset thinking that I have is really based on books like the, the 12 week year, uh, Michael Hyatt's planner, which is all based on a quarterly uh, mm -hmm. structure. So think about what is it you're trying to do in the next 90 days, but then also think about what are you trying to do in the next 12 months? What are your sales goals? Because what that means is on a quarterly basis, you want to look at and evaluate your goals, ultimately lining that up to whatever your your 12-month goal is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that you mentioned uh, Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner. I uh, got my hands on one of those this year for the first time, and it's really helpful to write it down. It makes a difference because you can have things in, in mind, but to write it down. And then the way that uh, specific planner and it's structured in such a way that you carry those goals forward until they're completed. And, mm -hmm. but the, the, can you talk about just the importance of, of having this more structured and not letting the goals just remain nebulous, but like really firm written goals? Well, it, it's, and I think anybody that's going to be out there talking about setting goals, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, they're all going to tell you the same thing. You need it clear. You need it measurable. It needs to be attainable. Uh, it needs to be within a certain time frame. You need to have clear accountability. Who's going to be responsible for that. And so that just makes it more real to say, we want to increase our revenue 10%. Well, that's fine, but you've got to boil it down to how many new clients do you need in order to achieve that? And, and there's a whole conversation that we don't have time to get into today about lead indicators and lag indicators, measuring the activities that lead up to the goals. 
but you got to start with a clear outcome that you're working towards. So you mentioned the 90 day goals. How far in advance are we setting goals for our one page roadmap? I, you know, I include in here up to three years. And, and the reason that I include for up to three years is because depending on the trajectory of someone's business, what you do now is taking steps in that direction. And, you know, you and I talked that sometimes it's, it's hard to think even six months from now, but it's, it's important to at least have some idea with the understanding that three years from now, things could look a lot different. I mean, nobody anticipated that we would be where we are right now on January right. 1st. Right. So it still is something that gives you direction and it gives you a trajectory to aim for. It's it's with the complete understanding that if I set a revenue goal of a one and a half million in three years, well, there's a lot that could happen between now and then, but it's at least giving me a goal that I'm moving towards. Yeah. Good. That's really helpful. So with personas defined and goals in mind, where do we go next? Okay. Now the next thing is we have, we, we call it your one thing. And so now you understand who I'm trying to reach. I know what my goal is. And so now think about what is it that you bring to the marketplace that's different than your competitors. And the reason I, I, this is important is because if everybody's saying the same thing, then it, it sounds like, um, You've got kids, Annie Laurie, so I'm sure you guys have seen this movie a bunch of times. But in Finding Nemo, uh, you know, it's there's all these seagulls that sit around and they just say the same thing. Mine, 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 mine. They all sound the same. And that's what it sounds like in the marketplace when all of the businesses in an industry are saying the same thing. We offer quality. We do this. We do this. We've been in business 50 years. Well, if, if your customers don't give a flip about it, then you don't need to use that as your competitive differentiator. Right. And we talk about what's called blue ocean, red ocean. Yes. So this is not a concept original to us, but the idea is that red ocean, if you think about sharks in a feeding frenzy, all the sharks are, are together and they're fighting. That's red ocean. It's competitive. It's noisy. We look for blue ocean. That's how do you distinguish yourself from your competitors um, in a way that's meaningful. And we've actually done that with, with our business this year and, and, we found some things. We found some things that we're doing that our competitors aren't yeah. to create an opportunity. And so think about it this way. Look at what your competitors are doing. What are they saying? How are they positioning their businesses, their services? And how are you positioning yourself? What are the, the strengths that you and your team have? What is it that you do that's better or different than your competitors? It could be your process. It could be uh, service levels. It could be Whatever it is, it needs to be meaningful to your customer. And you want to do it in such a way, you want to communicate it in a way that they recognize that it helps them be better. It solves their problem. Mm -hmm. So that's where we come back to that idea of your one thing. And there could be different things, but narrow it down. What's the one? What's the primary thing that you offer, that you bring to the table that your competitors know? So what if that's complicated, you know, depending on what industry that I'm in, especially within B2B, that some of this can start to become very complex and difficult to to define as a differentiator. Um, what, what are your tips for helping bring clarity to those things that might be more complex? So bringing clarity to those things are, that are complex. 
a lot of that comes back and that's actually a, a great introduction to our next section. Um, and that's, that's what we call our one liner and that's using words to simply and clearly communicate what you do and why it matters to your customer. Mm-hmm. And we use words in all of our marketing, in all of our selling. We cannot sell without words, mm-hmm. whether it's the written words on a website, in a proposal, on a product description, conversation. Words are pivotal. They're, they're, you, they're, you can't sell without words. Mm-hmm. And there is a process that we use. We use a, a framework called StoryBrand. I'm a certified StoryBrand guide. And it is a structure based on story. Story has a structure. And so what we do is we help clients, many of whom have a complicated service product industry. And we use that framework to help them communicate something that is complex in a simple, clear, easy to understand framework. Mm -hmm. And so, the message that we talk about, sort of that key foundational message is called your one-liner. Mm-hmm. And the one-liner is the simple answer to the question, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And it's problem, solution, result. That's the structure mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. So in doing so, you know, so I'll give you an example. I use this example a lot. You go to an event, you meet somebody and you ask them, well, hey, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm an at-home chef. Okay. Well, you know what they do. Uh, it's not really all that compelling. So you go up 30 minutes later, you go to another person. So this is obviously a few months ago when we were still doing face-to-face networking or maybe a few months from now when we start it back. 30 minutes later, you go up to somebody else and you say, hey, well, what do you do? And they say, well, you know how for a lot of families, mealtime's really frustrating and stressful. Everybody's busy. And so there's just arguing over what to eat. And usually somebody's not happy with the meal. Well, what I do, is, and that's the problem. So what I do is I'm an at-home chef. And I prepare healthy, delicious meals that everybody loves. So that way you get to have time together as a family and there's no arguing over dinner. Mm -hmm. And so that introduces story. It tells what the problem is, what you do is the solution. And then the result of that. And I'll I'll make mention, you might've been made about to say the same thing. We've talked about that more at length in a previous, one of our previous shows. Yes. And we'll make sure that's in the show notes so yes. that you can, so folks can go back and, and watch that. So when I'm writing the one liner, how, how do the other parts that we've already discussed tie into that? You can't write your one liner if you don't know what your customers want. If you don't know the problem that they're facing, how they feel about it. When you understand your customer, you understand what their problem is, what failure looks like if they don't solve the problem. What does success look like if they do? If you don't understand the solution that you provide and how it's distinct in a meaningful way, then you can't communicate value to your customers. And those really work together, understanding your customers' needs and then how what you do solves that problem. Those are crucial before you can start crafting a clear message that helps people understand what you do, why it matters, and why they should do business with you. Well, this is a lot and it is kind of drinking by the fire hose, but for anyone listening or watching, um, make sure that you 
make plans to come to our workshop because we're going to really flesh this out in the workshop. We will. And, you know, I'm, I want to go ahead and before we wrap up, I want to give our viewers, our listeners, three things that you can do. Yes. Number one, start writing down who your customer is. What are the details? What is it that they want? Write out the problem. And if you're not sure, don't, don't just operate off assumption. Pick up the phone, call some customers. So number one, write down some notes about your customers. Number two, write down what is a meaningful differentiator. And that can go back to having those conversations with your customers. Mm-hmm. What is it that they value that you do that your competitors don't or that you do better and that you can clearly demonstrate? Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three, write down your goals. Write down next 90 days. What is it you're trying to achieve? And think more in that direction because we'll talk about tactics next week that can start moving you towards achieving those goals. So mm-hmm. write Great. down a persona. Start writing down your one thing. Write down some goals for the next 90 days. One one key goal for the next 90 days. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. This is such valuable information. And I really think that we're getting into some good meat that can really help propel people forward. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's it's worth noting. If you're you know watching, if you're listening, follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. If you go to our website, you're going to get a pop up that invites you to subscribe to our weekly email. We've got other resources that we make available. We do a weekly marketing tip video. Uh, it's about a two to three minute video that drops on Tuesdays. We send it out an email on Wednesdays. We do this live stream every Friday at noon. So, and we'd love for you to just stay engaged with us, ask questions. If, if anybody's, you know, for some of our viewers right now, if you have questions, feel free to drop those in chat. Um, Jack, I, for whatever reason, the tool that we're using to, to do the stream is not letting me reply directly to LinkedIn. So Jack, good to see you. Thank, thanks for joining us. Um, the other thing I'll mention, we, we record this. We also turn this into a podcast. So listen to this in the car. This is episode 19. So if you've missed the previous 18, there's lots of great content out there, all designed to help make your marketing easier, more focused, more effective. So you spend less time throwing spaghetti against the wall and then proceeding to bang your head against the same wall because it's not working. (laughs) That's great. Thanks so much, Steve. I look forward to picking this back up next Friday. All right. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next Friday. Thanks for tuning in. We invite you to join us for a live recording on Tuesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or on our website at wayfindmarketing.com slash live.